Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, my name's Ian Loring, and welcome to episode 155 of Dude and a Monkey. As always, I am joined by... Uh, Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. And uh, we've got a busy one this week. Um, we're actually going to do three main reviews, um, and it's a bit of a mix of stuff. So we've got Jeff Nichols' uh, kind of 80s sci-fi homage midnight special. Um, pardon me. The first person... Uh, Toronto Film Festival favourite um, Hardcore Henry and uh, the kind of straight out of nowhere appearing on Netflix worldwide on Friday uh, Mike Flanagan's new one uh, a new Blum- Blumhouse horror Hush uh, we'll also do some trailers and we'll kind of see where we go from there in terms of how much time we've got left so yeah yeah uh, Mark anything to report on this week at all no, um, if anything's happened, I've missed it because I have had the work week from hell. So if, if anything's happened, I, I have missed it completely. Um, I'm guessing nothing has happened. I think the early word from Civil War uh, has come out and apparently it's very good. But it, it, it's a Marvel film and they always say they're going to be very, very good. So it's a bit, I, like, it's a bit like, all right, so war's wet. I mean, I think, yeah, that's true. But I, I, I think it's interesting that um, they've dropped the embargo so far before it actually comes out. Like the social media embargo was this past Saturday. I think written reviews are allowed from Wednesday and the film doesn't come out for like a solid, what, two and a half weeks yet in the UK and like three and a half in the US. Yeah. So they are confident. And, you know, like you say, it's kind of saying, like, water is wet. Um, even though I did see somebody tweet saying the problem with Marvel villains continues. So that's disappointing. But, you know, hey. Yeah, it, it does seem a little bit, I don't know, that seems to worry. It does seem a little bit like the villain in the story. No, I mean, Daniel Brühl, I think, is playing the villain. And I don't think there's even been, like, a picture of him. I don't, I, I, I don't even think he knows he's in it. Yeah, that's why, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think you'll get an invite to Premier and go, <laughs> got an invite to Civil War. Wait a minute, I think I'm in that. I'm sure I did at least half a day's worth of shooting. It was, it's, it's kind of like when they um, sent out the press release about the Age of Ultron premiere, and it talks about stars Linda Cardinelli and, um, fuck me, Julie Delpy. And it was like, when the fuck were they, are they in... Oh, Age of Ultron, what? And then it's like, oh shit, yeah, they are. Julie Delpy's in it for literally 20 seconds. It's yeah. so weird that that's that, Julie Delpy. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was strange. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, we'll be doing Civil War in a few weeks anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, okay, let's just kick it on then. Trailers. Trailers. Uh, I was, I would, would have said there's been none, but there's actually been quite a few, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That I've watched. I'll go through the, the terrible ones first. Uh, Manhattan Night, um, it's an Adrian Brody movie, so uh, you pretty much know what happens. Adrian Brody walks around um, looking like he's in a aftershave commercial for the entire fucking thing uh, and uh, kisses beautiful women, but you get bored just watching the trailer. Um, so, yeah, that looks dull. Uh, I watched the BFG trailer, um, and I really, really don't care, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. it That's, I mean, the, the the BFG himself. It looks like Mark Rylance. Fair play. 
he looks rubbery as fuck, which I suppose is maybe the point is that he's supposed to look otherworldly, but yeah. I, I was watching it going, so this is a Spielberg film. Did he just send Robert Zemeckis in, in like a Spielberg mask and hope nobody would notice? Yeah. Uh, it, I, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I don't, to be honest, I know it's fucking heresy, you're not supposed to say it. But I don't even really like the fucking story, to be honest. So, um, yeah, not for me at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I might. If there's nothing else out that week, I'll check it out. But otherwise, I yeah, I don't see me seeing it in the cinema, which I feel really bad saying. But, I yeah, I, the visuals don't look all that interesting. No. Um, it, Spielberg just, I don't know, he, he seems to... Bridge of Spies was good, man. Like, Bridge of Spies, yeah. And I, am, I do just want to sit down and watch it, but the fact that it's two and a bit hours long kind of still keeps putting me off. But it is a little bit like, it does seem like he's been coasting for a while. I don't know, Bridge of Spies is strong. You, is you, it? You, I mean, I'll have you, to see you, that. You yeah. need to watch Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Um, Mothers and Daughters, uh, another Mother's Day movie, because there's two Mother's Day movies out yeah. this year, which is fucking weird. Because we've already had Mother's Day in the UK as well. Um, so mothers and daughters, um, just it's got a bunch of people playing mothers and daughters in it, uh, and they they have strife, and then they they learn to love each other and just blah blah blah. Um, yeah, the David Brent movie. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Ricky Gervais isn't isn't really doing himself any favors for those who kind of say, do you know what? He's good, but he's a one-trick pony. When he keeps pulling out this one trick, <laughs> I don't. I just. It looks it, the trailer it, I watched was, was was. I was embarrassed watching it. And yeah, I, if it, if it's that for ninety minutes, it's going to be it, like excruciating. Yeah, and if he tries to play that, that's the point. It's a bit like. So hang on a minute. You've made a movie that's really uncomfortable for people to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, like, because I know the whole thing is like the cringe comedy kind of thing, but it's just shit. Yeah. It's not, it, like, I mean, excruciating in terms of it's not funny. Yeah, it, it's 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 terrible watching somebody be that unfunny when you know that you're going to be sat in a cinema with people laughing, going, what? What? What's funny? I mean, it also does, I mean, I don't, it just, it doesn't look like it should be playing in a cinema. It, I, it, it just, it, I mean, obviously, it's of a piece with The Office, but you look at something like Cemetery Junction or The Invention of Lying, they look like films. Yeah. They, I mean, this just looks fucking, I, no, no, I, this is, I was already not that interested. I'm the opposite of interested watching this. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's just because you can, why? It doesn't mean you should. Uh, oh, I, I, it, I don't know. It, I, it, it's just, why is he going back to the well? Yeah, exactly. Like, pe- people people seem to like him. It seems like... Um, but can he just not get other stuff greenlit? I mean, you've got special correspondence coming out in a few weeks. It's going straight to Netflix. Maybe he's not entirely happy about that, even though he seems to bum Netflix. Who, like, who knows? Who knows? It's a strange one. Yeah. Um... The Neighbours 2 Red Band uh, looks amusing. An awful lot of sex toys in the... And I mean an awful lot of sex toys in the Red Band trailer for Neighbours 2. Uh, like an unusual amount. 
it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I it's kind of a bit like, hang on a minute, that's in, that's in a two and a, two minute two minutes and fifteen seconds trailer, and that joke has gone on a lot. I imagine that extrapolated to a ninety-seven minute movie. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I, first... The cheerleader bit at the end made me laugh. Yeah, like I, yeah, no, that was that was good. Um, I hope it, it'll be good to see Rose Byrne doing more shit and um yeah i, I, I mean the bit the, the bit with seth rogan he's like stop it stop it you know like in the car like I, yeah that's a good time with, I, with, with the water stop it you're really making them sexier yeah 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 i i, I don't know i'll go i'll check it out i'm looking forward to it and i'll watch anything with zeph running it so uh yeah there's that um i'm building up to the, to the big ones i suppose um Swiss Army Man. Uh, mm-hmm. <sighs> more I see about it, the more interest I get. Because at the start, when somebody explained it to me, I was like, hang on a minute. Plogano escapes a desert, a, a, a desert island um, on a farting Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. And then the more I see about it, and I realise that, oh, Radcliffe's kind of starting to talk to him and there's a whole hallucination thing. That could be quite interesting. You call me eating some Spanish chicken, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to this. Trailer sold me. Yeah, um, that, 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 that's it. You know, the the blurb and everything like that, I'd be not interested at all. Watched the trailer and was like, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It looks like it's doing some interesting stuff visually. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I actually, I'm liking the look of the relationship between the two of them, as weird as that sounds. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. I watch Paul Dano use Daniel Radcliffe as some sort of weird fart powered jet ski all day. I like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Cool, right? And then the the the, the big two that I've got left: Bloodfather, uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, I know we oh yeah, the WhatsApp thing. He may be a terrible person, but let's be honest, we all kind of love him in a way. Um, yeah, it, Bloodfather looks interesting. It looks fun. It looks like. It, well, it looks like Mel Gibson taking on the kind of revengeful father um, genre uh, that's become ever so popular in the past sort of 10 years. And, and I'll happily watch Mel Gibson do that. It looks like it's got dirt under its fingernails, though. Like, it looks like it's going to be pretty grisly. Yeah. Um, more more like the original Taken than the, follow, like the following Takens. I mean, lest we forget the original Taken, there's an 18-rated version of that film. Yes. And then you get to Taken 3, and it's 12A, and cut to shit. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 it kind of feels like it's going there, and why not? Yeah, absolutely, why not? Looks, it looks, looks yeah. like a good time. It looks like a great Thursday night movie. Yeah, sure. Uh, and Rogue One, um, which I had to actually genuinely, and I am not joking, Leah, I had to genuinely ask um, Ian and Mike what this was about. Mm. Um, because I didn't know um, when it came up it was like everyone was going to watch Rogue One and it was on a day where I was having a catastrophically terrible day when this trailer came out so everyone's going to watch Rogue One I was going what, 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 which one is this is it the next one is it a prequel is it one of the cartoons what, what is it and mm. it got explained to me that it, it's kind of it's a prequel to the original trilogy but set after the prequel trilogy, but nothing to do with the prequel trilogy, because Disney have gone, <laughs> Hayden who? I don't know, don't know who that is. 
So it, mm. it, 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 it's set there. Um, it, right. I need to get a few things straight with this. I'm still mildly confused. Which, sure. what is it? So this is... This is one of these new wave of Star Wars movies we're getting. So how the new Star Wars movies going to work is you've got episodes one, two, six, and then we had seven was mm-hmm. Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and then eight comes out not this summer but next summer. It, it got put back to the Christmas. Christmas 2017. It's essentially the way it seems like it's going to work is there's going to be a Star Wars film every every Christmas until you and I are both long gone. Right. That's I, I'm uh, all right. I'll come to that in a second. Uh, not our guests, uh, but the Star Wars. So it's going to be essentially like a leapfrogging. We'll get a Star Wars universe movie and then a continuation story movie, a universe movie. That's how the kind of idea at the moment is rolling. Episode spin-off, episode spin-off, episode spin-off kind of seems to be the way. Are they going to treat the spin-offs in the same way as they're going to treat the episode ones in terms of budget and everything? Are they going to be, uh, no. Or are they going to be slightly kind of scaled down? No, they, they're, they're scaled down and they, they're, they're supposed to be like actually standalone entries. So you're not going to have, apparently, you're not going to have Rogue One 2. Right, yeah. Or something like that. So it's a standalone story set within the universe, but they get to, you know, like with, with episodes one to whatever, there's a certain formal style to them with like the use of wipes and um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and stuff like that, which they don't have to do with these ones. So there's not going to be that other style. That's going to be very strange. Well, may, maybe not. I mean, who knows, but... Like they don't necessarily have to have to had, adhere to the rule like to the visual identity that, of of the Star Wars films. That's interesting then in a way, but also a little bit kind of all right. That's so you you, you, you essentially you're gonna do write movies that are kind of trading off the name a little bit. It was interesting that it was called a Star Wars story. Yeah, they originally they were going to call these films uh, like Star Wars Anthology, and then they decided to, uh, to call them a Star Wars story. So, but I mean, the, the, what I like about this though is the fact that they are changing it up visually. It looks more like it's set in the world of Episodes four to six than Episodes one to three ever did. Yes, yeah, it does. It, 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 like I say it's. As people know, you're a lot more invested in this world than I am. But it, it looks, you know, Christmas. I'll, I'll happily go and watch that at Christmas at the cinema, happily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks looks like it could be entertaining. Looks like it's going to be a good time. If that movie clocks in at anything above two hours, I'll be really. It's it. It's a crew on a mission. Yeah. To see all the plans to the Death Star. Yeah. And you've got like a really multicultural mix of people in it. Obviously, Felicity Jones is the lead. Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn, some evil fucking empire person. Like, yes, please. In there, there's, there's, it's a really good cast. It's a great cast. It's I mean, really the, good. Donnie Yen, um, Mads Mikkelsen, Diego Luna. Yeah. Um, you know, like, fuck yes. Yeah, I, that, that was why I, when I saw it, I sort of I looked at the cast and was like, that was doing that with that cat. Do you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm up for that. I'm well up for that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Actually, I'll 
I'll, I'll look forward to watching that like on a really fucking cold and miserable December night when you're full of the joys of Christmas and going, yes, entertain me. Yep. And at ats bloody like people running away from our ats with palm trees all around. Like that's a new image. Mm. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, that'll do. Like it's just like there's no Jedi um in this apparently. Like it's no lightsabers. Um no no real mentions of the force, even though there are rumours Darth Vader's gonna be in it in the third act. Um yeah, it, it, like no space battles, stuff like that. It's like it's approaching the world of Star Wars from a different perspective. And I, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested. I'm way more interested in this than I am in the Lord and Miller Han, young Han Solo film, even though that's Lord and Miller. So, you know, I, you know, it could be easily swayed, but I'm way more interested in this on paper. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. It does seem like it could be very, very interesting. Cool, man. Okay, so um, we didn't actually discuss this before the show, but what do you want to start with? You I, I, I'm happy, happy to go whatever you think. Hmm. What do you think we're going to have the most to say about? Probably Midnight Special. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, we'll do Midnight Special then. So um, this is, uh, I believe, written and directed by Jeff Nichols. Um, stars uh, Michael Shannon, Kirsten Dunst, Joel Edgerton, Adam Driver... A kid by the name of Jaden something. I'm gonna find it because it's um Libra. Yeah, there you go. And uh yeah, and uh, Sam Shepard's in it briefly. Um so story is um uh we kind of start in the shit. Um Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton are they're basically running away. Uh we're told earlier not on essentially by TV reports that they have kidnapped a um boy um from a cult and are taking him somewhere. Um, that somewhere is to his mother, played by Kirsten Dunst. The boy has abilities, and uh, you're not too sure what the what the hell's actually going on at the start, really. And uh, all they know is they all know they have to do something for the boy, and they will not um, stop, essentially. They are completely fixated on the mission for the boy. Yes. That's about fair, yeah. I would say that is about fair, yeah. Cool. Um, so um, I was very much looking forward to this. Very intrigued. Trailer um, trailer was interesting. Uh, the word of it being a kind of like a trip, like a homage to Close Encounters and Starman and whatnot. Yeah, why not? Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, well, first of all, what I think we should absolutely say straight away is remember, guys, we are all spoilers all yep. the time. Uh, if any new listeners or if anyone's forgotten, which I very much doubt you would do if, you, if you're a persistent listener, uh, then we're all spoilers all the time. I do think it's very hard to talk about Midnight Special without essentially ruining the idea of it, I suppose. Would say Not ruining the idea of it, but giving away the idea of it. Um, I think when we saw the first trailer, we, we commented on the fact that it was a strange title. I think we, we we did definitely comment and said it looks very good, but it's a weird title. It's um it's a Vanilla Sky situation. Yeah, uh, Nichols had the title before he even really had the film. Mm. Um, it is um it is a special film though. It is it's strikingly visual. Uh, it, it looks incredible. Uh, its performances are fantastic. It's Nichols has an incredible knack of just getting you and dragging you into a story very quickly and going, oh, by the way, you're watching this. Yeah, I'm going to grab you and I'm just going to plonk you right there and you're not going to move. Because you, because not only are you enjoying what's happening, 
you're, in, you're wanting to know where's he going with this? Where's where's this film taking me? Because I have I have an idea because you're telling me essentially where it's taking me, but you're telling me you're not telling me anywhere near enough that I can go. Well, this is gonna happen. And then even when you do, it's like, oh, that is gonna happen. But how is it gonna happen? And Nichols is fantastic at doing this. I mean, Mud was a brilliant film, I thought. Um, and it, it, it's very, it's an intense kind of movie to, to watch. Certainly, I was very, very taken with it. Um, I thought it was, it was spectacular. But obviously, we'll get more into it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was cracking. Um, it's like you say, visually very, very striking. And um, that, that opening is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I was listening to an interview with Nichols on the um, the director's cut, the DGA podcast, after watching the film, and he was saying that he had a vision of some of two men driving down a road with the headlights off, mm. and that shit, like when it's that shot of the, like the car driving and the headlights go off, and you've got that score yes. in in the background, it's just like fuck me. Does- he knows how to shoot the fuck out of the film. He really does. And he knows when to, when he knows musically when to go drop. Mm-hmm. And just, just drop in a music. There is some fantastic musical drops in this where the score, there's nothing and then it, it appears and it's like, oh, oh, like you say, he's got an unbelievable amount of control as a director. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. But I mean, like, as, as well as like this, the, the kind of the style stuff, it, it the, the narrative is also um, really fulfilling. I mean, the I love the idea that people just this kid like shows people stuff and they're like, "Yep, fine." It's not like they've been brainwashed or anything. They're no. just like, "Right, he's got to go where he's going. I'm going to help him as much as I can, but I'm still." I'm still of my right mind. It's just like, right, yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand absolutely. Yeah, let's do this. And you know, I think Joel Edgerton plays that really, really well. And the the the, the addition of his character to the to the kind of the family dynamic is so interesting because you've got this this kind of outsider guy. Yeah, who, who you assume at the start has has been around him for. For, totally, but for years, yeah. and then you find out that he's not. It, yeah, it throws you, but he's but the way that he's been playing it is already in your mind. So you go in, okay, and it, it, it's almost like he's your he he's closest to the person who's watching it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the yeah, absolutely. He's kind kind of the eyes of the viewer mm. of the audience, but at the same time, he's not because he knows more than us, and he yeah. does for. A, a good portion of the runtime. Um, but then, I mean, the, the whole kind of idea of parenthood and when's the right time to let go um, and the, the kind of the, the worry you have as a, as a parent kind of constantly, like the, that one moment where the kid says, like, you don't have to worry about me. And like, Shannon's just like, I like worrying about you. <laughs> yeah. That's such, that is a lovely lovely moment and i mean shannon never overplays anything anything apart maybe apart from release the world engine um but um <laughs> i will find him um, yeah. the thing is when shannon does that you a you yeah. believe he will find him and yeah. b he does find him yeah 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 no no absolutely 
but I, I, you know, I like the fact that stuff's not overplayed. He doesn't break down or anything. And as it goes through the course of the film, and like that conversation that Dunst has with him when she's saying like, you have to stand there and watch a man raise your son for two years. Mm. And you don't get Shannon saying that. And you don't really get Shannon reacting to that. And it's just like the, the, the kind of the unsaid shit that informs the performances, but you see it in the performance once you know, like, um, Joel Edgerton, the state trooper. Yeah. Like, you, like, I mean, yes, it is a little bit on the nose that he reveals he's a state trooper as well. Sure. But I like, I, I like how that you go back and watch the scene where the state trooper gets shot and it completely makes sense. But it's not like he's, he's saying to Shannon, like, don't do it, don't do it. But he's not screaming at him. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I really like that. There's no hysterical moments in this. And and, well, you, you never find out if he actually killed the state trooper or not. No, no. I mean, you've got, like, literally the only kind of indication you really have after of anything is the fact that Adam Driver's character knows the state trooper thing was involved because he's got the um, the post-it notes saying, like, uh, uh, state trooper gas, uh, gas station explosion or whatever. So... You know they know, but you don't know what happened to him. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how Adam Driver is in there. And it's interesting because he shot, obviously, this is before Force Awakens comes out. And I think maybe after Force Awakens, in the back of your mind, you're kind of thinking he's going to have a bigger role in this or something. Um, just because his exposure has been so much over the last few months. Yeah. And then you get him here. And it's almost like he's also obsessed and he's also dedicated. But it's also weirdly subtle comic relief type stuff going on with his character. I mean, like the, uh, I, I don't suppose it'd be too much to ask if you could punch me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, which is, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but, but Adam Driver's character is involved in what was one of the most striking scenes, the, um, the interrogation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that fucking, like when he's in there with him and you're just seeing the monitor and it's still the kid sat down. It's like, fucking driver's hell. got a, a great, a great delivery where he's, <laughs> he can, he's got a real naturalistic delivery to himself. Um, uh, in a lot of the films that, that I've seen him, which, you know, admittedly isn't, isn't that many, but in, in this, there's the great moment where in that scene, where when he, first, when the, the monitor flashes and then it goes down and he's sat down and he looks up and he stood up and he just goes, well, now that's impressive. Yeah, 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 totally. It's a, it's a really well delivered line, because like you say, it's, it is, it's relief. It's almost, it, it's it's not laugh, but there's a, you get a wry smile watching it of, well, yeah, it is quite impressive. And it's got, it's got that to it. Um, it he brings that, I don't know, this real strange kind of, Almost like I don't want to say every man presence, but a real sort of naturalistic. That's how people would look at it. A calmness to it, I think. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's not a million miles from Truffaut and Close Encounters, but yes. Um, even though I think it's fair to say, yeah, like Truffaut had more of a sense of wonder. I mean, he basically like he goes through that entire film like moony eyed, just wanting to believe in something awesome, which is great. But Driver's kind of got that going on here. It kind of increases as it goes on. I mean, like, I felt so bad for his character when he says, like, can I come along? And they're like, no, but thank you. You know, and it, yeah, no, totally. Um, I, I mean, I also dunced as well, like really, really unshowy. And like, she kind of looks haggard and uh, it, it looks like it, like the last couple of years has really taken its toll on her character. And um, yeah, uh, I, I, I thought she did some really, really good work there as well. I, 
I like. I like that she came into it more as the film went on, but it doesn't feel like she overpowered it. Like the father and the mother both feel equal in yeah. like emotion here. Absolutely, yeah. Like you say, it doesn't doesn't feel like it's like hang on a minute, hang on a minute, I have arrived now. Mm. It very much like you say, it does feel like you know, it, it feels again quite natural in the way that it runs. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, it's um. Yeah, I don't know. It's top notch. I mean, the, the kid as well is very good. Um, I like that he doesn't. I, I like the change in his character from not like the way he's not really knowing what's going on, but he's not freaking out because he knows he's got to do something. And then when it's kind of revealed to him, and then he be kind of becomes all knowing, but at the same time still a kid. Yeah, um, he, 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 that balance, he gets that spot on. And I like the way that his character doesn't even really know what's going to happen. Yeah, but there's there's, there's something it, it, it's there's some really kind of great <clears throat> moments between him and uh, and Shannon uh, within the film where he is very much Max Shannon's very much aware of the fact that he's his dad. And he's got to he's got to care for him and he's got to get him to this place. He doesn't know why. He just knows that he has to get him there. But the kid as well also seems to have this thing of he he, he knows that Shannon is is there and he's caring, he's looking after him, and he's doing the best for him. But then he, he also knows that there's points where he's got to say to him, no, I need to do this, I need to do this. Like with the, the, the sunlight thing saying that I need to do something. He's like, well, it could kill you. He's like, no, I need to do it. And it, it turns out it, it's it, it's what it is. I mean, I thought yeah. the the scene at the gas station was where that where the where it comes out that was. It, it was a very much when he says just says sorry and he's like oh, you know don't about it he's like no I'm sorry and then you just see all this light coming it's like holy fuck it, yeah. it, it was a, a genuine seat shifting moment where I, I moved from where I was sat to literally poised myself on the edge of the seat going okay shit what's going on here then mm. it, it was it was fantastic and then the, the sort of the fact that the media reporters where the station's fallen down and they're saying you know it's not it, it's it's a satellite whose sole purpose is to is to spot a nuclear attack. Oh, absolutely, and I mean one thing I also liked as well the way that that cult are kind of set up as being like that you fit, kind of think they're going to be the big bad of it, and then nope, they're all a bit shit really. Yeah, like the, the way that like yes, all right, the cult guys do kidnap him. But then, like ten minutes later, they're pulled over by the police, and that, like, and, and, and like the two guys are killed. It's like right end of. I, 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 you know, I thought that was good because I mean, you cast Sam Shepard, and you kind of think, oh hello, yeah, he's gonna have some presence here. And what he's in maybe the first twenty minutes. Yeah, and that, that, that's it. He, he's gone from there. It just kind of does show really that they're just they're small fry that cult. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, yeah, I. I, I just the way it's rather, there's a bunch of stuff by the end of the film that's unanswered, but the film never really asks the questions. No. So you're not that bothered that it is unanswered. Like, I don't, like the, the fact, how the fuck did Shannon and Dunst have that kid? Well, they never talk about it. They never actually address it. It's just that he's their son, so fine. I think what it is, the you can have kids in the in on the ranch. You can have relationships and you can have kids, but as soon as you have a kid, it becomes Sam Shepard's. Oh no, I meant how how is he like one of the like higher up people when it's two ordinary people 
having a kid. Yeah. Oh, yes, what you mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, I, I feel that, like, Sam Shepard just kind of takes the kids, basically, but, I, I yeah, I, 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 also, I, like, the way that the cult is basically a cult that seems to be kind of set up around that kid, like, the way that all this, like, the scripture comes from the kid, and it's almost like, Sam Shepard's character, once he kind of reveals that, like, he's just following the kid in his own way, end of, that, that's it for his character. But as well, the cult has existed since before the kid. Oh no, sure, no, absolutely. It's strange. It just, it, it just seems like, yeah, it's good that he's essentially he's uh, he's used uh, the kid to kind of to further his end, but he's ended up inadvertently actually kind of <laughs> kind of doing what he's what he's actually pretending to do. He's actually doing. Yeah. If it makes sense, it's, it's yeah. a very sort of strange way to look at it. In the ridiculousness of saying, look. Right? What if one of these mad cult people actually accidentally got something right? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just the, the kind that you could you could talk about that shit until the cows come home. But because the film itself, it's not doing the kind of the J.J. The, the Abrams mystery box thing of chucking this stuff in your face and then going, right, OK, now go mad on the Internet having discussions about it. Nichols is probably like, couldn't give a fuck. I don't bring it up. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, because of people, it, 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 sort of imagine if people said, Who, who's the cult based on? Who's the cult? Which cult is it based on? It goes, Who gives a fuck? What? It's just a cult. Yeah. Which cult though? I don't know. It's a cult. Or which cult? I don't, I don't like you said, I don't give a shit. Did you not watch the rest of the film? Yeah. And it is, it is very much like I say, the cult isn't the story. The story is this kid who, you know, for some reason, he's related to these. They seem to be aliens. Yeah, not even quite explained. Could be higher plane. Could be. You know, it's never really outright stated. And then all of a sudden, all these structures appear, and then disappear. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like, holy fuck! You can't pretend they were there. They're gonna be what? What's gonna go? Oh, they're gone. All right, that's weird. But I kind of <laughs> like it. Yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling that if you're not on board at that moment, you'll call bullshit on that. But if you are on board, which I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be on board by that moment, if you are on board, you'll be going, okay, not really sure what this is, but I, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. If you are not on board with this film, I mean, if I wasn't on board with this film and I saw that stuff at the end, I'd be like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. So I kind of understand that. I mean, it's interesting. Pete Bradshaw in The Guardian um, uh, gave it two stars and was comparing it to The Happening. Yep. And it's like, I don't understand that that comparison in the slightest. Yes, I could see that ending. It could like make you go, Pff. but how, how, how do you compare it to The Happening? Because I, I, he says like, because he also like, he, he, he says that like, it's like what Shyamalan does and what Nolan has been doing recently. It's like, what? It's, it's, I don't, Bradshaw's a bit like that though, isn't he? Let's be honest. Mm. He's, he's just, it, it's, it's, do, do you know what? Do you know what that does? Gets people to click on his review. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very mingy. It is, but he's a mingy writer, isn't he? Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not a very good writer. I just think his opinions are just bollocks. Uh, in the I said in the fact that yeah the happening is a terrible movie it's a terrible piece of shit uh, that's laughable the next special you know even if you don't like the movie you can't take away from the fact that it's wonderfully shot 
and it it looks fantastic. You might not get on with the story, but it's 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 a proper movie. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I mean it, it, you know, very very worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it, it's it's like you said, the, the, it 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 it's got a great kind of vibe and feel to it. And what's what's wonderful about it is as well, it, it kind of it got a lot of good kind of buzz from uh sites from the festivals that it played to the point of where the studio has gone. Do you know what? Okay. Let's throw a load of marketing at this. And it's, it, it, they're throwing a lot of marketing at it, I think, because essentially it's a really good movie. And yeah. A little bit they've, they've gone, do you know what? Let's, let's market this movie. Not, not as much to, to, to make loads of money. Let's market it because people should see this movie because it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I... Um... I, I was listening to the IndieWire podcast, Screen Talk, and they were saying that um, it's released by Warner Brothers in the US. And, um, like, their PR people were, like, saying, like, we're basically making more of an effort with Midnight Special because they're like, look, the amount of shit that we have to pedal at Warner Brothers when we get something like Midnight Special, like a mid-budget kind of thing, which oh, actually, there was a report, a report last week I'm saying after Batman vs Superman that Warner Brothers are planning on releasing fewer films and putting more resources into making their big block blockbuster films be better, and it's like fuck off. Yeah, so that means yeah. like Warner Brothers aren't going to do Midnight Special, which their own people have said they enjoy working on because it feels like a proper fucking film. Which is fucking stupid because to be honest, you know this film was 18 million dollars. This film cost right. Yeah. If you were to let's say you can't throw another throw another eighteen million dollars at Batman vs Superman, which I didn't dislike. But throwing another eighteen million dollars at that movie will not make it better. Throwing another hundred million at that movie will not make it better. You don't you don't make films like that better by throwing more money at them. If anything, you take twenty million away from it. And as well, what? What studios should do is they should look at it and go, right, well, we've made this movie called Batman vs. Superman. It cost us $250 million to make, and it cost us $250 million to market. So it's $500 million, and we've made $400 million profit. Fuck it. Let's throw $100 million at five movies like Midnight Special, because one of them just might end up making a, a huge profit. I don't know. It's... It's it's the way it's the way Hollywood's going, man. It's I mean it, I mean it, it it just it is you know it's if you unless you're doing a film that costs like a million two million and can be done through somebody like Jason Blum or is like at least a hundred million if it, the the middle is being squeezed out and it's the whole thing about like the people in that middle range are now going to TV and yeah. Kinda, you know, I mean, like, you've got Daniel Craig signing on to a TV series because it's like a one, one season thing. You've got Amy Adams signing on to a TV show because it's a one season thing. Hmm. And, and it's like, these are genuinely A-list people who are going to TV because it's either micro budget stuff or like really low budget stuff or huge 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 films which maybe aren't the most creatively satisfying absolutely yeah it, it is it's, 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 a, it's a real kind of shame and you know I, 
I mean, Jeff Nichols now, you know, for the for the run he's been on with Tate Shell and Mud and and this, he's going to end up becoming a little bit like the Paul Thomas Anderson thing, where studios and people in the business are going to know. Do you know what? The films he makes aren't going to make money, but he, he, you know, they're important. They're not important movies as such, but. They're movies that people want to watch, and so they'll keep they'll keep getting made. It's just his budget will stick around that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, similar to the Coen's thing. Coen's movies don't make money. They still get to make them all the fucking time though, because there's always somebody out there, a a mid studio who's willing to go. Do you know what? We're just gonna give them money because it gives us exposure. It's like paying for advertising. Well, it's just the thing. I mean, I, I think I think Netflix and Amazon are going to be making more of an impression that way. I mean. Netflix um, released uh, Chirac, the Spike Lee one, which still hasn't come out over here yeah. um, in, in the US, you know, and they, they actually, it's interesting, um, a slight tangent, but Amazon are interesting because in the US, when they buy stuff, they will let it have a theatrical run, mm. um, whereas Netflix, they kind of did with Beasts of No Nation, but Amazon actually do allow a window between theatrical and actually playing on Amazon Prime. Um, so it, it kind of makes theatre chains feel a bit more okay with it, and I can see that kind of thing just increasing now. And I think we're, we're going to see that Amazon and Netflix are, and TV is going to be where that mid-budget kind of thing goes. And the multiplex is basically going to be your three or four big, bigger films in a month playing on multiple screens. Yeah. Yeah, it is the only or one. or your prestige films, you know that's that's it. Yeah, it is prestige films and like that. <clears throat> it is an unfortunate thing, but the the other thing I think um, it, you've always going to have I think these little gap weeks. It's a gap week movie. It's a gap between Batman vs Superman and Civil War. Yeah, it's something to throw out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I mean that that that's true. I don't know. It's just. After that report came out last week and seeing the Warner Brothers logo on this, it is just like this kind of feels like this was this film maybe represents the end of that for Warner Brothers specifically. But I don't know. What Warner are a strange company because it, let's say one of the ones that they've already made that's already in the can that comes out in September in that little period where it's the blockbusters have ended but the, the awards season movies haven't quite started and when they release one there that costs 25 million and it makes 100 million then they'll, they'll go oh we need to do more of those they'll do that because that's what we want to do they're, they're, they're a bit of a up and down company no, I mean Hollywood is as well it's it, it, whatever the fuck it's trend is yeah well I, I yeah I don't know it's just uh, I it, it I it, 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 it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time because, I don't know, yes, they're, they're, I mean, there definitely are good films out there. You just have to, you just have to look for them. But it does kind of feel like that more and more they're just kind of popping up on VOD and, and stuff like that. I, it, it, Which I, would be a shame because I, don't wrong, I, I would, I will, I, I would have enjoyed Midnight Special as much if I'd have been able to see it. Um, if if let's say Midnight Special, I could watch it at home last night, like I did Hush, but I'd, I'd have to pay for it. Mm. Do you know what? I would have still got to see it at the cinema. I'd have still got to see it today at the cinema instead, because 
I don't know, it felt like a cinema movie for me. And I don't think I it would have enjoyed it more, that would wouldn't have been that. But some movies are just they're nice to see in a cinema environment. Yeah, totally. I yeah, I mean we'll <laughs> we'll get on to a film where I, I, I kinda wish I watched it at home. But um yeah, I I yeah, I, I agree with that. But I don't know, the amount of films I, I'm feeling like, yeah, I need to see that on a big screen is actually going down. I mean, I'll be honest, Civil War, if I could pay 20 quid just to watch that at home the fucking the, the weekend of release, I, I would actually pay 20 quid just to do that. Just, it's like, fuck it, I can just stay at home, Donnick, and watch it. Well, I, 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 I would, absolutely, yeah. I would, <clears throat> question, but like I say, Midnight Special, I'd want to see that. I'd want to see that in a cinema. Um, yeah, so Midnight Special. Um, it, yeah, it's definitely not shit, obviously, isn't it? Definitely not shit, yeah. Uh, I, I will... If it's, if it's not in my top ten at the end of the year, I will be an incredibly happy man, uh, in, in, in what I would say for that, because if I see ten movies better than that this year, then it'll have been a fucking great year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think top 15, defo, defo, defo. Um, yeah. It'd be nice, it, I mean... It'd be nice if it wasn't in the top ten, I suppose. It's one of those things that, yeah, it'd be nice. I'd like to see ten better movies over the next kind of nine months, but if I don't and I only see nine better movies, I'm perfectly happy with that. <laughs> For sure. Um, okay, what next? Ooh, should we go... Should we go Hush? Uh, sure. Okay, so um, Hush is directed by Mike Flanagan and stars Katie Siegel and John Gallagher Jr. Um... Story is Katie Siegel, who also co-writes the film, um, plays a uh, mute and deaf um, author uh, who lives out in the sticks. Um, she's kind of purposely made herself isolated. Um, but unfortunately, a um, random madman um, is in the area and uh, doesn't seem to be out, out to get her specifically. Um, he's just out there to kind of kill whoever he can. And um, he, he finds her an interesting challenge um, because he kind of gets off on the, the kind of the fear of the, the kill. Yeah. And uh, with her, it's kind of hard to get her attention. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, it, it kind of goes on from there, really. Um, so, yeah, pops up on Netflix Um uh, well, worldwide this weekend, so you know you should be able to. I think you actually should be able to see it in in any Netflix country, which is pretty much the entire world at this point. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the credits, there was like maybe half a dozen version français, version espagnol kind of uh, things at the end. I noticed. So it does look like it's having quite a wide reach. Um. So this is Mike Flanagan who directed Absentia and uh, Oculus. Um as apparently in post-production on Ouija 2 at the moment, which is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Ouija 2 will be better than Ouija just because he's doing it. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, Mark, your thoughts? It's an interesting idea, is what I'll say. Uh, yeah. Um, remind me a little bit in terms of the, the idea of the, I think, mid-'90s movie starring Madeline Stowe, where she was... She, it's a similar story, but she was blind. Um, a link or something like that. I think it was called. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, the idea of that. So it's, it's a good. It's a good idea. Uh, it took me a while to realise that John Gallagher Jr. was actually the guy from um, 
Things exactly. Like Cloverfield. Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't until I saw his name in the credits. Didn't have a fucking clue. Yeah, but when he first kind of unmasked himself, I did sort of turn to Becky and say, "Don't you think that he looks a little bit like the older, slightly slow brother of a girl from a teen sex comedy?" Sure. I couldn't get that out of my head for the rest of it. Um, but it's it's a really good kind of horror film of that ilk, really. It's it's by no means perfect, but it's 81 minutes long and it does exactly what it says in the tin. Although there are bits in it where you go, that just, that just doesn't make sense. That just doesn't... Why? There's a lot of moments like that. But overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I... I also enjoyed it. Um, sorry, bear with me. <clears throat> ah, there we go. I yeah, I enjoyed it. Ju- I, I I thought it just about got away with it, and maybe because it because it was so short. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones where every ten minutes it's longer. It goes down a half star. Um. Uh, yeah, I. I think the execution of the the idea of her like being deaf and not being able to like notice as much was really, really well done. It's probably the most successful thing about the film. Yeah. Um, however, all spoilers all the time. I really didn't like that. He unmasked himself so early. No, I haven't had that. No. The thing is that a, the mask was creepy. Yeah. And B, he's not. No, he's not. Like I just said, he looks like the yeah. brother of a girl in a teen sex comedy. Um, yeah, it would have been better if he'd have had the mask on for quite a while until, let's say, she pulled the mask off or the mask broke or anything like, kind of like that. It, it is a bit like, when he takes the mask off, you, you are a little bit like, that was quick. That was I mean, quick. yeah, it kind of feels like they're almost doing that just for the punch of the whole, like, I haven't seen your face, I won't tell. Yeah. Then he takes it off and he's like, well, you've seen it now, haven't you? Like, it kind of feels like it was all in service of that, but... It, it's just like he's not a very he's not he's not a threatening presence, which he admits himself yeah, when it, he's he's killing that guy. Yeah, which which makes kind of no sense. It adds a character dimension that shouldn't really be there. And it's a bit yeah. like, well, hang on a minute. If your whole thing that you, that you seem to be maybe peddling in this is the fact that you know you're doing this because you know all these big macho guys get all the girls, or there's something like that. There's just some element of that of feeling a little bit insecure in yourself like that, then why the hell are you using a crossbow? A, seriously, a crossbow. Which yeah, just looks yeah. really... It's a really impractical weapon for that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I kind of thought, like, with the crossbow and the mask and stuff, there was maybe a bit of, like, reference to your next or something like, something like that. And um, the, whole, the whole kind of, like, the, the idea of, like, hunting or something. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I liked the, like I thought the idea of him just kind of getting off on the whole on the whole thing, and like there's there's a moment where he's like screaming at her, and she just like walks out the room, and it's almost like he's almost like come back. Like I think it's the bit where the window he gets the yeah yeah, and he got, he gets the the other girl's head. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and he's had the the the, the uh, hammer in the arm, and then she's walking away, and he's screaming. At her. Yeah, because in an audience, you are kind of going, you know she can't hear you. 
But yeah, well, there's there's that as well. But I, I like I like that how he's getting frustrated yeah. because she's not kind of conforming to type. Yeah, it, uh, it worked quite nicely with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 was decent. But like you say, there's a bunch of stuff in this film that doesn't really make any sense. Um, I mean. And, and also, it kind of feels like there's a lot of busy work in there just to kind of fill out the runtime. Um, like, as soon as the other guy comes into it, you're like, right, I know where this is going in five to ten minutes. Yeah. And you are literally just waiting for that guy to get killed. Yeah. You know, you know nothing is going to come of him being there. Uh, absolutely. I did think the, 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 the way that it was dealt with um, him initially arriving, and the uh, the fact that the guy, that John Gallagher Jr. kind of runs up to him with the torch, and he's pretending to be a copper, is quite good because it, you know, although the fact that he's got no identification, he doesn't look like a copper or anything like that, and you can see that the John guy is kind of almost kind of kind of working that out, but it's the uh, you know it's the seed of doubt thing. It is the he's so convincing at it, and he's so confident in it that. You, if somebody did that as you arrived there, you kind of, at first, you would kind of go, well, obviously it's a cop. It, I thought it was quite a nice little scene, but then as the more that goes on, you, you are just going, how's he going to kill him? When's he going to kill him? What's going to happen? When he picks up the rock, you're thinking, yeah, that's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're, you're too Joe handsome to, to survive this film. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I, even the, the kind of like the, him saying, oh, you know, are you a big guy? I thought I had like a one in, like a two in ten chance of yeah. doing it there. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't know. It, it's, can so, you not just be a threatening presence yeah, instead it, of doing all this kind of in, weird, insecure shit? Yeah, because that was a bit weird. It's like, it's like, well, hang on a minute. It, it, well, why would you want to have a two, two in ten chance? He wasn't A, he wasn't that big a guy. You know? Yeah. I would say, you know, you look at him and you go, do you know what? Yeah, this guy's probably kicked my ass, but I've got a... You know, that guy, he'd have had at least a 5 in 10 chance, I would have said, at least. You know, it's, sure, it's sure. a strange comment um, in the film. I thought it was a little bit weird, but it might just be the guy's humour. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I... I... I, I, I mean, obviously, it's kind of like a further seeding the whole kind of like, he, he, he just gets off on being able to terrorise someone and it's going to be a... You know, it's gonna be a woman because obviously he feels emasculated and stuff like that. But I, 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 I don't know. I don't. I, it would have been a lot better if he was just creepy and faceless for the whole thing. Absolutely, yeah, it would have been. Uh, you know, one of the minor problem I had with the film, a real minor problem, but it was a bit of a problem, is the lead female character. I, I, I didn't want her to die, but I did feel like she was a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the stuff with the uh, the voice in her head and whatnot, and the way that plays out, and uh, like you've got to be strong. Come on, you can do this. You know, yeah. Like here are your choices. You can either do X, Y, and Z. It's like, yeah, okay. She's an author. She's thinking about endings. Yeah, very clever. It again. It just felt like a way of trying to drag the film out to eighty minutes. Mm. I, I I don't know it. And the other bit for that... I, I, would, I would appreciate it being sparser and leaner, to be honest. Yeah, the other bit for that for me was a little bit like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Your whole premise is the fact that this woman is deaf and mute, but you've given her a voice? Don't do that. You shit on your own premise a little bit, I felt with that. Uh, yeah, just, she was a little bit, I don't know, a bit miserable. 
yeah. A friend's come round and a friend is, is clearly trying to learn sign language for her. And then she's just yeah. like, you don't have to do that, I can read lips. Plus you fucking shit it anyway. And it's like, oh, fuck you, you dick. No, no, sure, sure. Um, but saying all this, um, you know, I thought the actions, like the kind of the more actiony sequences were quite well staged. Um, the bit with her up on the roof, I thought was well done and the whole kind of distracting him and then she's up on the roof and then he's firing at her. I, I you know, I, yeah, sure. That was, that was well done. Um, the gore in it was, was pretty solid, yeah. you know, um, uh, so I I I got you say it's it's a decent enough eighty minutes. I will I will it's see nothing more. Yeah, I will see a lot worse horror movies this year. And yeah, for sure. Really, I won't see you know a, a sad indictment of modern horror is I'm thoroughly expecting the fact that this might be one of the better horror movies I see this year, and it's yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, man, totally. Um, I it, that yeah. Exactly. It's it's absolutely fine. Um, and I will say as well, I mean, it's it's a film that I think probably does play better at home on Netflix than it would at somewhere like Fright Fest, where you've got a large crowd. It kind of feels like if you were watching this by yourself or, or with one other person, it would work. It would probably work a lot better on a small screen. It's a bit more claustrophobic. And I, I, I think it would kind of get the get the juices flowing a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that, certainly. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, um, I, I mean, I'd mean, i say, def, you know, definitely not shit, just about. I'm, I'm definitely not shit, because I don't, I don't think it's shit. I, you know, I... The thing is, with this, I could see myself in three, four years' time, when it's still on Netflix, because it'll still be on Netflix, because why would they ever take it off when it's one of, essentially, like, their movies? It's one of their films, yeah. Yeah, in three or four years' time, on, like, a midweek, I could see myself going, do you know what? Yeah, I'll have to watch that again. Sure. I mean, I, I know I'll never watch it again, but that that I, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see myself watching it again, not, like, in six months' time, but in a few years' time... You know, Beck saying, I fancy a horror movie tonight. Do you fancy watching Hush again? And me going, do you know what? I didn't hear that. And it's only 81 minutes long. Bingo. Yeah, I mean, the 81 minutes is a huge, huge plus. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, That's Hush. Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, it's worth a go. You've got Netflix, why not? Yeah. Uh, If I'd have seen it in a cinema, I'd have been a little bit like, have I just paid that much money to go and see something that's, that's over already? Yeah, I tell you, I yeah, that that's that that's exactly it. It doesn't, it's it's cinematic, but it doesn't feel like there's enough there to justify it being on a big screen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which moves us on to Hardcore Henry, uh, which is directed by a person called Ilya. Ilya, Mishula. Yeah, sure. And uh, stars um, Charlton Copley. A bunch of Russians. <laughs> and in the year's most why cameo, it was Tim Roth, wasn't it? It is Tim Roth, yeah. Yeah. At the start, I thought it was Peter Stormare. I, I, I can, I can you see. Fucking pussy. I can but, see why, yeah. But yeah, it is, it is, it is Tim Roth. Like, what the hell? Were they just like, Tim, 
A 20 grand? Do you know what? Do you know, Can you just lean down at this camera and say three lines? Do you know what? It wouldn't surprise you. It, it would surprise me if it is just that Charlotte Copley and Tim Roth are mates. Yeah. And he's just gone, ah, oh, do you want to be in this this movie? It's this. And he's like, uh, all right, oh, I'll sling the jacket on. Uh, just lean down here. There you go. Done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Hardcore Henry. Um, so... Um, can you explain it? Yeah. Uh, film begins, we're introduced to uh, Henry, uh, who essentially is your audience's point of view, because this is all shot in the first person. Uh, he's some kind of um, part, kind of mechanical, engineered <clears throat> soldier. Uh, and we're introduced to his wife, Estelle, played by the absolutely stunning always Haley Bennett. Uh, and he has... A seemingly kind of powers that we find out throughout the movie and the entire movie is from his perspective as he essentially of a sort kind of escapes and is recruited by the other side of this uh, weird organisation that you've got and he's trying, uh, he's fighting for his life and for the life of Shelton Copley who just keeps appearing in random guises against Akan, who seems to be his creator uh, and is the head of this shady weapons organisation. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I really quite liked it, actually. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I was... I mean, I, my One of my chief concerns about it was, and I, I, I voiced this to, to yourself before I went in, was the, the first person thing was how is that going to... It's interesting, it's an interesting idea. I get the idea behind it. It's mirroring what goes on in video games. Um, but I couldn't work out how that would work for 90 minutes, for an hour and a half. Uh, and I get the idea that it was supposed to be kinetic and jarring and all over the place, and it was supposed to be like that, and that's the idea behind it. But... I just didn't know whether or not that would either be too much for that long, or you'd get half an hour into it and go, I'm over this fucking aesthetic now. It, it's it's just bugging me. Uh, but I actually got on with it, and it actually worked quite well for me, and I was I was enjoying it kind of enough to keep me ticking along. Don't get me wrong, it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but that doesn't mean to say that I didn't enjoy it. Um, it's a yeah. strange movie is what I'll say yeah I mean the, the thing is by the end of the film I was thinking right I feel a bit sick um, though, though not because of the gore but because I actually got a bit motion sick from it which has never ever ever happened to me in a film before so that the, there was a foot chase in it Oh, the, Where, uh, the guy through the uh, down the underground around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's like a bit where he's running along and he kind of trips up a bit and then he kind of goes down an escalator and I actually felt my stomach turning. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I and I, I I almost had to walk out. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't have been that sad if I did. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea why anyone was doing anything in this film. Um, all I know is 
Shalto Copley <laughs> pops up in a variety of costumes. Yeah. At one point, he does a musical number. <laughs> and a white-haired guy has telepathic powers because why? Yeah. That That's about it. Um and, and, I mean, like, the ending, the ending of the film as well, kind of slightly comes out of nowhere, because it's like, right, you're just going to end it there. Yeah. That, that's an interesting choice. Woman's just fallen out of a helicopter. You're just stood in a helicopter, and then the credits roll. Right. Okay. Um, and the thing is, I had it in my head, and I don't know why, but I had it in my head that this was going to be a seemingly one-take thing. So it was just going to be like a mental hour and a half. I didn't really like the fact that even in the fight sequences, it was cutting. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. It was a little bit. It was a little bit strange, you know, to have to have that aesthetic and to take take away. I can I can see why it's, why occasionally it cut from you know, get to this dot and he got close to the dot. I can see that idea because... No, totally, yeah. But in the middle of a fight scene... Yeah, that is weird. It's already kind of chaotic enough. And then it's like, right, where the fuck are we now? Mm. And, and, you know, and it it just... Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. And, I mean, the plot for what it is is complete bobbins. But, I mean... The plot plot with this doesn't... It doesn't really have to make much sense because it is... The story is very much third or fourth on the actual list of things that this film has. This film's trying to do. I need, I, to be honest, I could have done with a few things making clear. Um, I, I really, I genuinely could. Why did the guy have telepathic powers? Uh, do you know what? I can see your point, but the only reason I can come up with is why not? It's not set. But I, I, it's not set. In our world, is what I will say. Why doesn't anybody else have them, then? We don't know if anybody else doesn't have them. We're not looking at anybody else. We're looking at this story. All right. Well, I don't... What I'm saying is... Are we, are we, are we, you're going to pull the Jeff Nichols defence, are you? I am going to pull the Jeff Nichols defence. Yeah, all right. I, um, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a strong defence in this movie. But what I'm saying is, is I think you, you, that I was enough... I was kind of enjoying it enough to kind of go, all right... Why does he have telekinetic powers? He just does. Fair enough. Okay. Why was he storming that? Th- Why did the, blo- the the guy with the long hair storm the place in the first place? Why did the whole thing get set in motion? That's the bit that I don't understand because it's his. It was his pod that they were in. Why is he storming it to get his own property? So there's that. There, that yeah, that doesn't make sense. Um. <laughs> But no, actually, 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 it does make sense because the whole idea for it is, uh, Shalto Copley says that they haven't, that the, the only thing that soldiers don't have is an emotional reason to fight. And him storming in and taking, uh, you know, and, and essentially attacking them and attacking Estelle gives, develops the emotional connection between Henry and Estelle. So the guy who is leading this army of half-human, half-cyborg fighting machines Mm. makes the half-human, half-cyborg fighting machines think that he's the enemy. Yes. Why? Because it's a way to get them motivated. But then 
they're just going to try and kill him. Well, yeah, that's the bit that, 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 that that's the kink that he didn't quite iron out. That's the bit he didn't quite expect to happen. Mm. Okay. Salto Copley's avatars. Ha- what? <laughs> it's a guy who's... Uh, th- you see, the thing is, th- th- these are incredibly flimsy things, but these are what I took from it. The uh, Salto Copley avatars is... It's a guy who is just kind of... He's, he's not quite all there, and he's developed these avatars, and he's, he's used sort of characters to, to bring them to life. But, right, if they're like 3D holographic representations... Yes, they are. Why do they die? What's the point of them dying? Because 3D holographic representations, they are... What are they? They're... Um, they're robots, essentially. They're avatars. They're robots that he can. He he. But can, they disappear. They no, they, they die. No, but they don't. They disappear. When does one? When they die, they disappear. Like because that the, the bloody the, the the song and dance sequence. They, by the end of that, they just keep falling. When he's not when he's not in control of them, they just become essentially. By the by the end of that musical number, they should be bloody like stepping over body. Literally three of them. There's only three of them in the musical. Plus, they keep on falling, getting back up yeah. again, running behind Henry and then getting ready to pop out again. No, 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 what happens is they fall and they become unanimated because then again, just what is it? And then when he when he switches back to that avatar, they become reanimated. He essentially, he switches between them. He uses which one he needs at that particular point. So how many does he have? We don't know how many he has, but in the dance number, there's the the, the one in the... Uh, in the um, sweater vest. There's the one in the suit, and there's the general guy. But why? And there's the punk as well, isn't there? So there's the four of them, and then when the punk's singing, the the guy in the suit essentially is dropped, he's on the floor, and then when he stops the punk, the punk falls, and the other guy comes back up and sings, and that's it. Just keeps popping up like that. It's why? Just, why? Uh, when he's outside and they're helping him to go down the elevator thing, and yeah. he's with the the sniper guy. Yeah, uh, and then he comes out of his body and goes into somebody else's, and then he pops back into his, and it, it flips between that. Uh, and then when they die, when they get blown up or shot or whatever like that, that, that they that they no longer can function, it, it, they can't. You can't then go into their body anymore. Why does the one in the club have a drug overdose? How's that supposed to help Henry? It's not. It's not. He, he, he's just created a drug addict one. It's part of his programming, I would guess. Right, why? Why not? Good. Because it's not going to help Henry very much. His sole purpose isn't just to help Henry. It's to but it is at that moment. It is at that moment, but it's to live vicariously through those people. So, like, one of them dies, he just activates the one that just so happens to be having some sort of weird five-way. And it's like, right, okay, buds, you've got a That's job to do. essentially that he had closest to him, yeah. Right, Okay. I'm not buying it. Well, that's that, that's that's what it is, though. It is. It's, that's the one he had closest to. Him. He's living vicariously. If you can make a number of advertising, you can essentially live through. But, okay, so we can only have okay that bit and loves fucking strippers. Okay, so but he can only have like one at a time, like off. Time, yeah. Right. So that one is he just like laid there, like. And then he's activated, then decides, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and get some blow and fuck some hookers while I'm waiting for Henry. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because it doesn't make sense, but that's that. That's the, what it is. I just, 
the thing is, I'm talking about the logic in this film, and people are probably screaming at me, like, why the fuck are you talking about the logic in this film? But it distracted, this stuff distracted me so much that it's, this film is nonsensical. And it, 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 I, I didn't go with it. Something like Crank, I, I go with it. Because and I, it, it's like the style of it, I, I find it visually interesting. This, I didn't find it all that interesting to watch. It was like, you've stabbed one guy in the head, you've stabbed a thousand in the head, you've shot one guy in the head, in the stomach, you've shot a thousand in the stomach. I just, I found it really wearing. I, I just... Didn't know this movie was only ninety-five minutes long. It would have started to drag on me a little bit more. I think. I like. I. Th- the thing is, there are little moments in the film which feel refreshing. I mean, the bit with the horse where it's coming up with the, the Magnificent Seven music, and then the he just gets on the horse and then falls off it, and then the horse just fucks off. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was great, and I I did like what Charlotte Copley was doing in this. Um. I, to an extent, I thought the, the, the kind of the brigadier guy was pretty brutal. But his drug addict one, as as painful as I thought the logic was, I thought he was quite fun. Yeah, I, I, you know, and the hobo one was great, and like the way he's just like like shouts out the bus, like that's the gayest suit <laughs> I've ever seen, or something. And then, and, and then he just, and then the guy just sets him on fire. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. You know, it's that element of craziness which i would have appreciated more of especially considering this looks like it was a film in a place where light is cheap <laughs> you know, so it's i, I kind of wait I, I genuinely i wish it went further but i mean I, and also some of the cameras are better than some of the other cameras there are times when this film looks all right and there are times when it looks like dog shit yeah Absolutely. Like really, really, really bad in moments. Could, and could that be um, that it is? It is loads of different stuntmen and cameramen were playing Henry essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, mean, no, I mean, it just it looks like they were using different cameras. Like you know, the low light quality of some of the cameras were better than some of the others. And it, it could just be as well that that it was the bits that were not as good. Like you said, the stunt things had to use a different type of camera or something. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was just distracted throughout. I thought, I, I genuinely, I thought I'd rather actually just go home and spend an hour and a half actually playing a game. It was, I, I'd be more satisfied. <laughs> that is the whole aesthetic. Is the idea is that it, it, it's, it's supposed to be like watching a computer game, and I, I don't play sort of first-person shooters, so I, I, I don't really. I didn't really get that from it because I haven't played a first-person shooter in it, maybe ten years. It, it, I mean, it, it feels, it does feel like a lesser Call of Duty game. Yeah, uh, it, it, it does. You know, I mean, like the whole kind of like the opening of it where um, she's going like, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" It almost feels like something's going to pop up on the screen saying like, "Press, uh, press up and down to and, like look up and down." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the, the criticism I've, I've heard of it have been, you know, uh, I, you know, it is like watching somebody play Call of Duty for an hour and a half, and I'd prefer to do that. My theory of it is, I, I, I. I I can't think of anything more boring than playing Call of Duty for an hour and a half. Um, but I, I quite enjoyed watching this for an hour and a half. 
I don't know, because, I mean, the, the thing is, even, like, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, the storyline in that game is mental. It is mental. It's, like, it's about an artificial intelligence that, um, uh, that reprograms, uh, people it, like, it becomes sentient and like the, it's wired into people already then becomes sentient and it gives them hallucinogenic visions um so you, you're like you're playing sequences in that game where suddenly it's set in world war Two, and um there's like crows flying all over the place and trees on fire and it's like what the what the fuck is this and um I, I, yeah I, it's like that actually genuinely feels more batshit creative than Hardcore Henry does. Yeah, Hardcore Henry, it, 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 it's not, you know, if anyone ever builds it as like, oh, it, it's a new way to do cinema, it, it's not. Doom did this with itself. You know, there's a <sighs> portion of Doom that is essentially Hardcore Henry. It's nothing that new or that innovative. It's mildly interesting in terms of an aesthetic. Uh, but it, the, the bits that I enjoyed it was it's fun and it's a, it's a little bit mental. Like you say, I could do with it been a bit more mental, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, just like not not really in terms of the the, the violence either for me. Just have I don't know, just have some kookier shit happen. Ex- that's yeah, exactly that. The kookier shit that would have made would have been better. I mean, yeah, but I, mean, I you know there are moments in this that are good. I mean, at the start of the foot chase, it's like this like kind of abseiling down this bloody building and you're doing it first person and it's like, whoa, Jesus fucking Christ, you don't see that every day. Um, and and I, I, I don't know, I mean, the bit, it's in the trailer, but the, the kind of the car chase bit, which I actually thought was pretty great, um, and like where he kind of like crashes through the van. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I mean, that that's, you know, that's some t- top draw stuff. And again, it feels like it's shot in a place where life is cheap, and it does feel like people probably got really injured shooting it for our entertainment. And I, I kind of wish the bits of the film around the, the, the more impressive action stuff and around the more kooky stuff was better. Well, I look at it now, and apparently the majority of it was shot on GoPro cameras. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. GoPro Hero 3 cameras. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that doesn't that you know that doesn't surprise, um, but it, it, I don't know. It's just blown up on a big screen. It doesn't look very nice. It'll probably look fine on the small screen though. Probably, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. It just uh, I had I had severe issues with it, and I just I I couldn't get on board. Yeah, I I I thought it was all right. Don't be wrong, it. It, it's a six out of ten, but I was worried that it might be a three or a four out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd go for. I, I didn't. I mean, I did. I genuinely, I didn't hate it, um, but it. I don't know. It feels like there could have been something better there. Definitely shit for me. Definitely shit. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. Uh... If you're a six, you're definitely not shit. Yeah, I'm definitely not shit. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. Fair enough. I, 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 I enjoyed it. You know. I kind, I kind of thought you would. To be fair, I just like. Yeah, no, well, quite. <laughs> I mean, it just, I mean, it might be the fact that I actually, I, I genuinely felt a bit sick for like half the running time, 
may may well have coloured my perspective of it on it. But what, what I would say was was strange about my cinema experience today uh, was I went to see two movies back to back. I went to see Midnight Special with Becky, uh, and then and, uh, I just went to see I Got Henry on my own. Um, and I, we were the only people in Midnight Special. And oh, what, what did Beck think of Midnight Special? That was fantastic. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, and I was the only person in Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been a beautiful day uh, here. So, you know, most normal people wouldn't go to cinema uh, twice in a day. So, yeah, but I was chatting to one of the staff uh, in between the movies and he said, yeah, it's been deadly today. Really? Yeah. Okay. But he said, but then again, he said it's been an absolutely mental week. He said, so a lot of the people that would usually be here seeing Zootropolis and things like that um, have already seen it throughout the week because it's been the school holidays. So there was that, Fair yeah. Enough. But it is, it's always nice to have an entire cinema screen to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Although I still stick to the absolute code of the cinema. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Um... Do you just want to do like a bit of a bump of what we watch next week? What do you think? Yeah, I can absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 haven't, I haven't got that much anyway. Okay, cool. We'll do that then. I've, I've got a few things, but I, um, I'm, I'm happy to wait. Uh, Twitter questions. Uh, have you got them there? Uh, I can get them. I know we didn't have any emails as of yesterday, so I'm going to assume we don't have any. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I, I don't think we've got any Twitter questions. Unless you've got any to yourself. Motherfuckers. No, I don't think so. All right, never mind. Top, 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 top. Yeah, no, we haven't. Yeah. Well, well, well. Fuck you guys. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So, um, anything else, Ian? Uh, no. Nope. I'm gonna be spending a large part of my week playing Quantum Break. How's that? How's that going? Is that the one with the um, lead character that looks a little bit like a Coronation Street villain? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, him, uh, Iceman out of X Men. I knew I fucking recognised him from somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that film looks so shit. <laughs> It's it's interesting. Again, yeah, the game looks quite interesting. I mean, the, the new X Men movie looks terrible. Um, oh no! Well, yeah, X Men, Ice Man from like X Men Two. Yeah. Like back in the day, like yeah. It's that in it. It's Sean something. Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. That's it. It, it. Yeah. No. It's um. It's interesting. It's um. This this bloody game. Like I, I don't know how much you know about it, but virtually nothing. Other than I did see a um a standee for it. So it's basically Microsoft were going to do like a TV series along with this or something when they, like Xbox One came out and they were like, all your media is going to go through this. We're going to be a media conglomerate, blah, blah, blah. But it, it didn't come off like that. So this game, basically, it's five acts, but in between each act is like a 25 minute TV episode. Okay. Which is played from the... It's, like, basically from the villain's point of view. So at the end of each act, you play as the villain, and you have to make a choice, which then feeds into the TV episode. So there are alternate scenes, depending on what choice you make. So, it's a game that you play, but after every kind of level... 
or world kind of thing, you have to watch twenty five minute episodes or something. You can, apparently you can skip it, but yeah. Then does, I, does, it do, does it do a previously on before? I, I, I don't I, I don't know. Like literally, I played it for about an hour last night, and I'm at, I'm already at the end of the first act, which is worrying. Mm. Um. But that, actually, I say that I'd love it if games only took six or seven hours. I play a lot more of them, um, so maybe it's not worrying. But so I, I'm at the point now where I'm going to be like, when I get into it tonight, I'm going to be playing as the villain, making a choice, and then I'm going to have to sit there for like twenty, twenty-five minutes and watch an episode of apparently basic cable standard sci-fi TV. Oh, you see, it, it, it's moments like this that kind of. I do actually quite enjoy gaming sometimes. And from going with what we're saying about Hardcore Henry there, I used to enjoy kind of first-person shooters until they became kind of co-op things. And then once they became co-op things, I stopped giving a shit. Uh, so the, the only game I really do kind of play is um, is, is FIFA, really. And I, that can keep me going for an unusually long amount of time, to be honest. Um <laughs> So, yeah, but I, I always do feel like I, I kind of would like to get into gaming, but there's nothing that makes me go, I want to play that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, because um, we, we talked about this much on WhatsApp yesterday, but I um, bought a Xbox One. And, uh, like, because there's quite a lot of stuff I want to play on Xbox One that you can't play on PlayStation. That, and this... that game's exclusive to Xbox One, isn't it? Yeah, and, and PC, but apparently the PC port and the version's a disaster. But, um, yeah, so pretty much exclusive to Xbox One. And I really, I was very, very interested in playing it. It's, it's playing all right so far. Like, there's some, like, the time powers you get. There's one which I'm not getting bored of, and I don't think I ever will, where you throw out, like, a time bomb thing and shoot into it and then it builds up all the bullets in it like it like feeds all in all the bullets into it and then when it ends it just hammers all those bullets straight away into whoever you're firing at <laughs> so so it's like you're like you've got like an a submachine gun you fire mate like 30 40 rounds into it and, then, and like and it's like going slowly and then it stops and then it's just like Boom! And it just fucking like wipes this person away, <laughs> and it's 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 pretty sweet. It's you know it's it's pretty great. Um, so there's there's stuff like that, and there's like you could you can kind of like combine that, so you could do like a like a time dash, and then follow that up with one of these. So you'll dash across a room, fire a load of bullets really slowly into someone, and then it will just take them out, and it looks awesome, but I'm quite fun. Yeah, I mean, it funds the word, but I'm 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 sitting here with the knowledge that when Lottie goes to sleep tonight, I'm going to have to watch 20 minutes of kind of shitty sci-fi TV that I don't think I really want to watch. So that's the bit that that made me go because I, I, I'm I'm terrible with cutscenes. I'm I'm very much in with cutscenes that are like three four minutes long. I'm sat there going, no, 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 no. I'm trying. I want to be doing this. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to shoot shit. I want to beat shit up. You know, uh, and what's great about FIFA is I don't get any of that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Even though it's worth saying, though, apparently, for those who are somewhat interested in Quantum Break, um, apparently the TV stuff is more focused from the villain's side, but it's primarily about a character who doesn't appear in the game bit too often. So apparently you can skip it and you will still understand what is going on in the game stuff. But if you are 
if you know if you want to like know more of the story then you can watch it so it doesn't sound like it's absolutely 100% yeah you can skip it but it sounds like if you did you're not it's not going to be fatal to you actually understanding what's going on yeah that, that, that's good that, because often when I'm playing games I couldn't give a shit about the story I just want to get on with doing what's in the game yeah yeah no yeah quite yeah but I, I don't know uh, so yeah basically I'm going to be playing a lot of that I don't know how many games I'm actually going to watch like how many movies I'm going to watch we'll see but I had a shit load I watched this week so yeah I, I, I didn't have that much but I'm hoping uh, to get a few more in uh, over next week um I, but then again, I, 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 I had limited time, but then again, I did manage to watch the entire Series 7 of the League um, as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, fair enough. Jeez. It's only half an hour long, it's only 12 episodes. It's, it's the sort of thing where I, it was like, I've got an hour before I, I realistically have to go to bed. I'll watch. You can get three done in roughly an hour. Uh, oh, like nice. 20, 22 minutes long. And then it was like, you, you finished the third one, and I was like, ah, oh, Tomorrow's gonna be shit. I might as well be tired anyway. I'll watch another two. Uh, and, then yeah. like that, and then by the time it got to the end of it, it was I just finished the fucking series. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, such is such is the way of the world, isn't it? Though it's like you're fucking just like mainlining TV shit, and I'm playing games and whatnot. Yeah, but then again, I, you know, the last week I, I watched a crazy amount of stuff. This week I think I watched four movies. But next week, I might watch 11th. Who fucking knows? Yeah, I mean, that's the end of it, man. It flows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool, man. So, uh, next week, Jungle Book, is it? Is it? Yeah. Fuck. It's I, out, if you want to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give Jungle Book a go. Uh, the word is very good. Is it? Oh. Yeah, very good. Well, fuck it, yeah. Why not? Nice. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm playing Bully with that. Yeah. I imagine that. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Ah, fuck it, yeah. Why not? Nice. Uh, so, yeah, we will do The Jungle Book, and uh, that'll do. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.